Hello and welcome to the Demographic Cast. This week we spoke with Dominic Buxton about how he got into politics and what it's like working with the Liberal Democrats. If you enjoy the podcast, make sure to follow us on whatever platform uh, you use to listen to podcasts. Um, and if you are interested in featuring uh, on the podcast and coming to talk to us about a, a topic that you're passionate about, you can contact us at info at demographicauk.com or on any of our social media uh, platforms. I hope you enjoy the episode. All right. I mean, first, let's just sort of dive straight into it then, I guess. And, and I, I'm interested to find out, Dominic, how you first got interested in politics. We kind of ask this to a lot of people who, uh, who come onto the podcast. So I'm just interested to, to see your, where, where it started for you. No, that's a very good question. I do get uh, I do uh, sometimes get that. Um, it's a bit complicated for me. Because, well, it's actually not that complicated. Um, at school, uh, I couldn't care less for politics. <laughs> Um, my peers were all much more interested in democratic processes and uh, voting and all those things. Um, I really just, I, I couldn't care less. Uh, it was only a few weeks before the uh, referendum on EU membership uh, that I was actually sort of awoken. My inner politics spirit was awoken and um, I sort of got a bit involved in that. Um, knew quite quickly uh, which side I stood on um, over various conversations with my grandparents. Um, <laughs> Leave, but, I assume. Uh, no. They very much supported Leave um, and I think probably still do. Um, but uh, no, I uh, that was sort of my way into politics. And then about a week after the referendum result, I joined the Lib Dems. Um, prompted, uh, inspired by Tim Farron's speech, actually, the day after the referendum result, um, where he laid out the plan for having people's vote. Um, that's what that's what pushed me over the edge. Mm. Um, and that from from then it was sort of I got involved uh, campaigning for my uh, parliamentary candidate in the 2017 general election, Elaine Bagshaw at the time. Um, and you know when you deliver your first set of leaflets. That's it. It's a rabbit hole from there, and the rest is history. <laughs> it's interesting how crucial the the referendum was as an event for for young people specifically. I think like it was my uh, entry point into politics as well. Um, yes. And I feel like a lot of the people we bring on either yeah give that as or mostly give that as a as an answer for why they got interested in politics in the first place. Um, so you. Join the Lib Dems, and how did you get to the point where, like, what was the path for you getting to eventually becoming? A, you're, you were an aide for Joe Swinson. I might, if I'm, I was yeah. for a couple of months. Yes. How did what, what was uh, that process? How did you how did you get to that? Uh, so, well, obviously, uh, the uh, prerequisite was me being a member of the Lib Dems, um, which after 2016, um, then when was that? Three years, so three years between then, mm -hmm. uh, we had the 2017 general election, obviously, the 2018 local elections, uh, then the European elections, and the European elections sort of happened at the same sort of time as our internal leadership election, very, very close, very close to it at least. Um, and if you remember back then, the Lib Dems were on quite a quite a high. We just won, uh, you know, another 15 uh, members of the European Parliament. Uh, we won in London, uh, which was fantastic. Got three fantastic MEPs elected, um, and sort of that sort of pushed me into also looking at who the potential leadership candidates were. 
to see it boiled down to Ed Davey and Joe Swinson, my heart was very much set on Joe Swinson. I thought she'd been brilliant. I'd seen her before speaking at Parliament, speaking at rallies and events. Uh, and I think I thought she would be the perfect candidate for leadership. And so I sort of, I, I volunteered uh, to help out. Obviously, uh, my strengths very much lie in sort of video production. Um, so I did some of that uh, for the leadership campaign. And then it sort of, uh, it went, it went from there. And I was uh, asked to, asked to work for her, I think the day of the declaration, the leadership election. So that was um, quite a big moment. <laughs> Right, when would that have been? Twenty eighteen. Sure. That was twenty nineteen. Must have been early July twenty nineteen. Yeah. Right. So, Dominic, if you don't mind me asking, how how old were you when you joined in twenty sixteen? I joined in twenty sixteen. Oh god, let me maths. Uh, so what is that? Was six. Sixteen or seventeen? Yeah, I think yeah, I might. Okay, so you were you were quite young at yeah. the time. So it's quite a short period of time. It's just what I was thinking to to go from sort of not really being interested in politics to joining a party and then to working, um, you know, campaigning for and working with the the, the leader of, of the party. What what was that like for you? That, that kind of, that period must have seemed like it went quite quickly. Were you studying at the same time? Um, like you, you would have been, right? So did you go to university? Um, Yes. Uh, so to give you a quick rundown, um, at the time of the EU referendum, I was studying, I was doing my BTECs, um, living with my grandparents at the time, doing my BTECs in creative media, music and acting. I think it was acting or drama. I don't know what they called it there. Um, and following that, I took a year out, went abroad for three months, uh, taught English and music in Nepal for three months. Uh, oh, then. Well went to work on a lovely zero hours contract um, <laughs> for McDonald's uh, and um, then went to university, did my first year at Sheffield Hallam uh, and then transferred to Greenwich. And I only just a couple of months ago finished, uh, yeah. studied film and TV production, which was also nice. quite interesting. Yeah. Um, Congratulations on, uh, on graduating. Thank you. Um, but it, I can't believe it myself. Really. <laughs> <laughs> Here we are. Yeah. So, so I mean, obviously, that that being quite a short time, get, getting really stuck in. Was it the case that you things just kind of fell right for you in terms of getting involved at the right time, or did you just kind of like just fall completely in love with politics and, and campaigning specifically and oh, get involved? I, I you just ask, really got stuck in, or a bit of both? Oh, ask anyone in politics; they absolutely despise it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, no, I think um, I think it was sort of a, a bit more right place, right time. Um, and sort of just picking up odds and ends, uh, you know, where people needed need the support and campaigning or video production, wherever it really was. Um, I was sort of always happy to lend a hand, um, you know, whoever they were, if they were Liberal Democrat candidates, um, it really matter who they were. Sure. I'm curious um, to know sort of what sorry. your sorry, I, I'm curious to know what your your thoughts are now looking back on on. Uh, the sort of Lib Dem campaign leading up to the 2019 election um, because obviously it wasn't a great result for the Lib Dems or for Labour. Um, what are your, have you had any sort of, uh, well, obviously you've had time to reflect. So are there any, have you had any sort of takeaways from it at all? Yeah. So I think the, 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 the one thing I'd say, and yes, while it wasn't a great result in 
terms of the number of MPs that we returned to Parliament, we obviously went down a few MPs, if you count defectors as well. We did increase our vote share significantly, um, and we are now second to the Conservatives in a whole swathe of seats uh, across uh, across England, uh, and I think it's about 80, 80-ish seats where we're second to the Tories. Um, so I think it does, while the election results paint quite a dire picture our politics, I think there is quite a lot we can take away from it and quite a lot of hope for the future as well, um, especially looking ahead to the next general election um, in a couple of years' time. Mm. What was the, the sort of feeling like around the party at the time, particularly around the leadership at the time? Obviously, you know, Joe Swinson winning the leadership and then going into the election declared herself that, you know, that she could have, she could, she believed that she could be prime minister and then going through that sort of election process. What was the, the kind of spirit and the feeling within the, the Lib Dem camp over that, over that time? Well, I think, I think the feeling was very, very positive at the time. Um, we, you know, think about it we just won uh london in the european elections uh we'd gained a whole number of uh, meps across uh across the country um in the european elections just had a new leader elected had thousands of members join us in the wake of that um and maybe we did get a bit carried away uh with thinking that we could do well in an election which is not run on the same system uh, mm. You know, you look at the European elections, they're run on a proportional system. That is not what we would give. That's not what we're dealing with in a general election. General election, unfortunately, is very much a first past the post system. Now we can criticize it and we do criticize it because it is flawed, uh, because it forces people uh, to vote for the least, the lesser of the two evils, essentially. Um, and but that that's the system we were dealing with. And I think... There was a lot of optimism, and perhaps in some instances, it, dis- it did blind us. Do you think that Joe Swinson, particularly through the election, was sort of treated unfairly? I mean, I think that there were kind of, if I remember rightly, policies that, particularly from a, a kind of more left-wing perspective, pretty popular at the, at the time in, in the 2019 election we'll come on to the brexit thing perhaps in a, in a second <laughs> specifically about that that policy in, in a second but do you think that from an overall perspective joe swinson as as a leader was treated unfairly because like you say increased vote share um you know loss of seats challenges to the political system um but i mean she was pretty hounded during that, that period um and particularly afterwards right after you know perhaps not a stronger showing as, as you would have thought do you think that she was treated unfairly during that time well, look, I, I think politics, unfortunately, is quite volatile, the best of times, um, as we've seen recently. Um, I do think that when you look at look back at the general election campaign, um, obviously there was, a, there was a whole fiasco about her being left out of uh, important and crucial TV debates where Jeremy yep. Corbyn and Boris Johnson were invited to. Um, and obviously, you know, having just won the Euros, polling quite high as well. Um, I think there was must I think there was even a poll uh, back in July 2019 where we were head of Labour and the Tories. Um, obviously, that didn't materialise, but <laughs> given the re- given the successes of the party at the time, um, yeah. she should definitely have been included in those debates. Um, but I think a lot of the criticism as well came from a very 
it had a very misogynistic undertone to it. Um, we'd just seen the first uh, female leader of the Lib Dems elected. Um, and when I went through, because I worked in Joe's office um, in the period immediately after her election as leader, reading through some of her posts um, was actually quite shocking. Uh, mm. There were a lot of, I don't want to repeat any of them, but uh, sure. there are a lot of threats. Uh, there are a lot of uh, misogynistic uh, kind of sentiments in there, all buried uh, in, in there. And I, I think that played a lot into the election. Misogynism during the, the election, I think, uh, you know, it, unfortunately, as shocking and as awful as it is, unfortunately doesn't surprise me considering the, the sort of environment that we have, you know, in, in politics at the moment. And, and also a, a young, a younger leader as well, right? It's first political leader to be born in the yes. 1980s, I believe. Um, yes. You know, Brett, I think you mentioned in some of your research that you were doing up to the show that some of the criticism post-election that was put on Joe Swinson and sort of her team, and maybe you can speak more to this, was the fact that there were lots of young people involved in, in the campaign, and that was perhaps why things weren't, um, the, the campaign wasn't as, as successful. Do you think that that kind of argument has any credibility to it, or do you think that that's kind of excuses for people not to engage properly in, in issues or look deeper into um, the reason as to why maybe that the, the, the result for the Lib Dems wasn't as good. Before you answer of... that, I just wanted to point out that the, the bit that I saw about that was uh, an internal party investigation, I think, from an internal party mm -hmm. investigation. So, yeah. yeah, we we did have an internal party investigation into the result and into the campaign of the election. Um, obviously, everyone, you know, everyone can draw their own conclusions from that. Um, I very much have the opinion that, you know, we, we did well uh, in terms of vote share. We are now second to the Tories in a, sway, in a number of seats, um, which does paint a really good picture for the future. See, we've just won uh, a by-election in Chesham and Amersham, uh, where, we, where we overturned a massive Tory majority. Um, so, you know, many Conservative MPs, uh, especially uh, in the home counties, will be uh, looking over their shoulders now, wondering what the Liberal Democrats are doing. Um, so I think that the vision for the future is, is is quite positive at the moment, although it may may seem quite dire. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I just sorry, I just wanted to like press on that point about young people as well, because I think mm. particularly what what the, what we, we do and, and, and what we like to encourage is that young people aren't or, or won't hold back campaigns. But in fact, young people should be more involved in campaigns because the, that fresh perspective, that that viewpoint that young people drive change forward, they're going to look at um, policy with a, 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 a it's for a different lens than than kind of the more established mm -hmm. um, political class. What 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 is your reaction to that, yeah. those kinds of comments, particularly? Well, look, I think we should be doing everything we can to involve young people uh, in campaigns and politics, more you know, wider politics in general. I, I'm very actually really uh, encouraged um, by the amount of young people we've seen, uh, you know, joining. Uh, the climate strikes, um, which is these strikes are primarily led by young people who are passionate about a certain issue and are willing to not give up on that and take that as far as they can. Um, and if we can support young people in those campaigns uh, and amplify those voices, I think I think that's a positive thing. So definitely, young people have a place in 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 those discussions. Oh, for sure. Um, I mean, 
hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. I mean, okay, let's come to Brexit then, because I think this is really mm. interesting if, if, unless you had anything to add to that, Brett. No, no, no. No, go ahead. I think, so I just, what were your views sort of in, in hindsight um, on the way in which uh, the Lib Dems kind of encompass Brexit into, into their campaign? Maybe you can lay out the position for those that don't know, um, and then we can, we can discuss a bit more of the, the specifics. So obviously, uh, the Lib Dems pride, we pride ourselves on being a very internationalist pro-European party. Uh, we've always seen the value in being an integrated member of the European Union, the single market, customs union, and all of the, uh, the internal uh, processes of, uh, of European democracy. Um, and I think we broadly, even though obviously Brexit has now, now happened and it's sort of still some shambles around it obviously but um we very much uh i hope remain uh most internationalist party out there um and yeah i think we saw that as well during the 2019 general election um where we were the only party actually calling to revoke article 50 uh, in its entirety now i'll be honest with you um i wasn't entirely convinced of it um, at the time of the election, um, because I saw that as circumventing democratic processes slightly, uh, given we'd had a referendum on an entirely different question, entirely different system. Um, but probably in hindsight, we stood our ground and we stood up for what we believed in, which is internationalism and European uh, membership of the European Union. And I think we can be very proud of that. You think that the overwhelming uh, kind of impact on the the loss of seats, particularly in the in the areas to the Tories where uh, the Lib Dems lost seats in, in 2019, was down to that policy? The intricacies of how so how the intricacies of the our policy on Brexit affected specific number of votes in specific seats. I think I, I don't think that's a we, we, that's a blanket answer. There's a blanket answer for that. However, what I will say is the entire general election was a Brexit election. There, there was no very very few policies, very few arguments on, for example, the NHS or, or any other policies sort of, uh, managed to sift through. It was very much a Brexit-dominated election, a very pers uh, you know, personality-dominated election as well. You know, Boris Johnson being this big character uh, and Jeremy Corbyn obviously having his uh, sort of following as well. Um, it sort of very much boiled down to a presidential-style election on one single issue, uh, which I think a general election should never be. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that's probably my perspective of, of the election as well. I, I wasn't old enough to vote in the referendum, but I would have voted Remain if Nor I had was the, I. <laughs> the, the chance. Yeah, if I had the chance, I would love to have had the opportunity to vote. Um, I think if 16, 17-year-olds had the vote at the time, we'd be looking at a different situation oh, at the be, moment. But We'd be very much looking at a different situation. Also, I yeah. don't think I'd be involved in politics as much as I am now. Um, really interesting. Was, yeah, that, yeah, no, yeah, of I, course. I, I, if, if, it, if it had gone the way that I hoped it would then mm. there's no reason for you know, it's all fine there's no reason for me to get involved um but it yeah. didn't and um uh, that's ultimately why we're here yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I, forced... But I think. Uh... Sorry, I was just gonna say it sort of forced a lot of young people into action. I think. Hmm. Yeah. I think and, uh, I think that can only be a good thing. No, I agree. I agree. And perhaps one of the few benefits of the vote is that we have far more people engaged in in politics, the political processes than than we would yes. have had otherwise. I think the whole that whole election was. Uh, dodgy in the sense that it, it, like you say, revolved around that one issue and in incredibly binary terms as well. I mean, I don't think the, the, the media did a particularly great job of um, uh, encouraging nuanced discussion about the vote and about the situation that we were in at the time. It was very much, you know, uh, remain v leave. And you know, if you support remain, then you're against democracy. And if you support leave, then you want the country to go down the pan. Like, you can't have a functioning political system on those terms. So I think that in many ways, the, the, the Lib Dems position for, for a long time was kind of to try and be the party of, uh, of, of reason, of compromise, of, you know, bringing together those two sides. And that just didn't work in that... Um, in, in in that time and the that policy that was adopted by the Lib Dems was very contradictory to that kind of tradition I would say that the Lib Dems have had um of of kind of trying to find compromise it was it was staunch and um perhaps Joe Swinson wasn't the right person to be selling that policy to the British people um I don't know what your perhaps your your thoughts on on that are again one of the criticisms that I read was that um like you just outlined, Boris Johnson had a very staunch following, Jeremy Corbyn had a very staunch following, and Joe Swinson didn't really kind of galvanise a following in, in, in that way. Um, and then to sell a policy that was that kind of, uh, uh, what would be the word, um, that kind of divided people in those terms, you need to perhaps have that kind of more populist undertone to your campaigning. I, th- I think uh, it very much had to do uh, as well with the amount of time that we had before the election. Sure. So as you'll, as you'll recall, um, there was a load of back and forth um, in, in, in Parliament about, uh, and within parties as well as to when is the right time to call this election. Uh, and then finally, <laughs> we got the election. Um, but still also remember, Joe had not been in that leadership position for a significant amount of time. Um, she had only just sort of found her feet uh, in that position, so she did not have the time to establish herself as a credible leader of a political party yet. Sure. Um, so I think if we were looking at an extra couple of months, I think we might have a different result. Um, obviously, more seats, um, not 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 the entire general election changed, um, but I think we could be looking at a very different uh, different parliamentary dynamic. Yeah, definitely. And um, then, sorry, if you, no, go ahead, bro. I was just going to sort of no, move on to, to ask sort of what your uh, where you are now, basically, Dominic. Where what are you God. working towards now? What <laughs> <laughs> I assume you're still doing work for the for the Lib Dems, but uh, that 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 is a it's a very uh, good question. It's a very broad question. Um, many of these questions I ask myself every morning, <laughs> having finished university. No, seriously, I, I I'm I'm not so sure at the moment. I'm looking for jobs at the moment. So um, if you know anything, anyway. um, <laughs> in the sort of film production uh, side of things, film production politics, it's sort of right. um, sort of a bit all over the place at the moment. Sure. Um, but no, things are things are happening. Um, looking ahead to the uh, local elections next year, 
they've got those in happening in London, across London. Um, I'm just uh, focusing on local politics at the moment, um, as well as finding a job. So that's that's sort of my life at the moment. <laughs> what what are your kind of views on on the position of the the party currently? Um, obviously, you outlined the result in Cheshire and Amersham. It's kind of fantastic gain there, and looking forward, the current leadership. What are your kind of are you optimistic about the future of the party, about the direction that, that the Lib Dems are heading in? Um, yeah, what are your what are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I, I am very optimistic about the future, actually. As I mentioned previously, uh, the number of seats that we're now second uh, to the Conservatives in, where we you know, we can possibly pick up uh, a whole load of those seats at the next general election. Um, I think at the moment, looking at, looking at Parliament, looking at politics, uh, it does seem to me like the Tories are a little bit like monkeys at the moment, uh, swinging sort of from branch to branch, scandal to scandal. Um, never really knowing what's next. Um, sort of while polling numbers shift around a little bit, we're seeing a very small uplift uh, in our vote share, in our, our polling numbers as well, which is encouraging. But particularly encouraging, I find, is, uh, is still the Chesham and Amersham election result, um, which uh, you know was just uh, sensational for us. Um, I think the Chesham and Amersham by-election result highlighted and indicated eradicated even the argument uh, for a progressive alliance um, because there was no pact there was no form of alliance nobody told people to vote for indeed labor stood against us and they got mm. like 1.6 percent of the vote share um so i think we i think we can trust people to make up their minds to look at the facts look at the numbers uh, and determine who the best candidate is to beat the tories um, and that's exactly what they did in Chesham and Amersham. And um, there's a whole swathe of seats across the home counties uh, where I think we can trust voters to do the same thing. The voters are fed up at the Tories. Um, and I think they're now looking at Liberal Democrats uh, for an alternative. It's interesting. I want to pin you down on some policy stuff, if you if, if you don't mind. I mean, uh, there's a couple of like some some sort of key um, areas which I think that, that both sides of the opposition or all sides of the opposition should be kind of looking at um having real clarity on so you know post-covid um future particularly from a, a fighting climate change perspective um yeah. defending against the negative impacts of brexit if i can put it in the most kind of polite terms that i possibly can um and then kind of, you know, uh, political reform, that kind of thing we've discussed, obviously, I, I always thought that the, at the heart of, of all opposition, but particularly the, the, the parties outside the big, the, the big two, um, should be political reform. What are your kind of views on that? If you could go through those sort of one by one, if you don't mind. Oh, if you do, do you want to just uh, highlight those again quickly? Sure. So kind of post-COVID recovery, yeah. post-COVID recovery, um, first of all. Uh, in terms of post-COVID recovery, obviously it's very, very important. Uh, I've been double vaccinated. It's very important that everyone uh, gets vaccination. Um, and obviously I think it's very important that we keep wearing masks in public places, uh, make sure that everyone's kept safe, especially with uh, the Delta variant uh, now sort of going through the population. Um, and yeah, um, was that, what, what, what was the uh, second? Uh, Brexit safeguarding. Yeah, I think um, obviously it's. I think putting that into sort of broader international terms, 
um, when we look at the current situation in uh, Afghanistan, um, we could be a lot more generous in uh, the number of people, uh, the number of Afghan refugees that we take in. Obviously, we're still seeing this kind of really isolationist, protectionist kind of politics uh, sifting through the Tory party and into government and into national policies, uh, like, for example, when we take in Afghan refugees. Um, so it's really important that we make sure that we uphold our international responsibilities. We are true to those um, and make sure that uh, we are looking out to the world as well um, and seeing where people do need help. And then how about sort of from a political reform perspective? Uh, well, political reform perspective is very easy. Um, I'd like to do away with the first past the post system. Uh, we desperately, desperately need proportional representation uh, because at the end of the day, I think that's the only sort of way we're going to see uh, see a better and a fairer political system where people are no longer having to vote for one party over the other just because they want to keep one particular party out. Uh, it's not particularly democratic. It doesn't encourage uh, regular politics. Um, and I wish people could uh, vote for the party that they want to vote for, regardless of uh, if it's, uh, hopefully it's for the Lib Dems, obviously, but um, <laughs> it would be, it'd be much nicer to see uh, to see a fair sure. system in place. Uh, I think sure. proportional representation is the only way we can achieve that. I think one of the things that um, uh, all, all of the young people that we've spoken to over the course of time that we've done this this podcast one of the things that sticks out and almost everybody says is that they're unhappy with the political system um yeah. you know if, if politicians really want to listen to what what young people want obviously climate like dealing with climate change and, and yes. job security this kind of stuff education is all important but from a, a real political perspective then um political reform crops up time and time again particularly proportional representation yeah and i, th I think i think the issue of our political system was highlighted uh, during during the 2019 general election as well. I can't remember the exact numbers. I'm sure I could get them up in a second. Um, but you know how many votes it took to elect one MP uh, of a certain party. Um, it was just so disproportionate, and it did not point to a system that was particularly healthy or fit for the 21st century. Um, so. I, no, I couldn't agree more with you on that. Um, I would like to move on to quickfire questions, but I'm just aware that our, re our meeting time is running out. Um, so I might send you another link to a new could, Zoom. That's no, absolutely. Brett, 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 to keep the quickfire questions actually quick, but we never managed to do so. We should use the five minutes. Yeah, we should try that's and risky. use the five minutes. Try, right. try and use the five minutes. <laughs> if okay. not, we can send another link, but we should try. All right, all right, let's do it. Give, might as well give it our best shot, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so for quickfires this week, quickfire questions this week. First question is, should kids be given the vaccine? Yes. I, I follow that up also with how, how young. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, say again, Brett. Should kid, so how, how young should, uh, should, um, like should all kids be offered it? I, or like what's the age that you kind of picture when I, when uh, I say that? Obviously I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not a scientist. Um, but uh, as long as the scientific evidence points to uh, the fact that um, children of a certain age are um, safe to be vaccinated, go ahead and do it. Jack, the sooner everyone's vaccinated, the better. 
Yeah, I would say that that they would they should be able to be given the vaccine. Yeah, as long as yeah. it's scientifically safe. Yeah, because currently it's like twelve year olds and above. I think uh, are yeah being recommended to to have it. Um, and I would agree that yeah. That's what, what, what do you both think about the need for parental consent? Uh, I oh, that's difficult. Yeah, that's not so quick fire. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's, <laughs> Sorry, we can skip that's it. Perhaps the, no, that's but uh, no. I mean, I I think. Um, oh God, freedom of the individual. <laughs> but then again, there's that. There's that. I would. I would agree. I would agree as yeah. well. I think if scientists are recommending oh, I, it, then then consent shouldn't from a parent shouldn't necessarily be required. What do you think? Oh, really? I think I'd agree with that. Yeah. Let's move on. All right. Next question. Three and a half minutes. Do you believe working hard leads to a better life? This is off the back of oh, an article gosh. that we retweeted the other day. And... I, I, did, I did see the headline. Unfortunately, I didn't, I, I didn't manage to read the article. Um, <laughs> oh, gosh. So it's just if a survey I think to I'd, see I what, think what, I, what... I think I'd answer the, uh, answer the question better if I'd have read the article. Probably. Fair enough. The article, the, the gist of the article was that most people now don't think that working harder leads to a better life. And I would say, I would say, no, it doesn't in general. Um, not to say that working hard is a bad thing or it's, people should work hard, I, but. I, I, th I, think the, I think the question here is, what's the definition of a better life? Is it this is also true. sort of a, you know, what's quality of life? Is it, you know, the, how are you measuring it in terms of job security? Are you measuring it in terms of how happy a person is? Um, I, I don't think I don't think it's binary. I mm. think um, there's we can't have nuance so in a quick fire if. question round. Oh, to, I, <laughs> I'm a term, I can always bring a bit of nuance in. <laughs> my my final question is: If you could implement any new policy today, what would it be? Any new policy? Yeah, I mean it can be off the back of older policies, but something you could implement today. Right. If, oh gosh. Um, Jack, have you got any ideas? Can it, yeah, can it be, the first... Does it have to be a serious policy? No, no. Anything. Not, not uh, necessarily. <laughs> well, in terms of a serious policy, um, I would... Uh, obviously, proportional representation. Um, uh, let, let, me th let me think of a fun one. Uh, give me a minute. The first one that Some came to, to my mind was um, drug reform. That was, that was the first oh, one yes. that, that came, to, yes. came to my mind. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, de you know, decriminalise uh, most drugs. I, yeah. I don't see a problem with that. Um, it takes it out of the hands of uh, criminal gangs. Um, doesn't you know, drain police resources, which, let's be honest, could be better used. Mm. So, yeah. yeah, I don't see any reason why we shouldn't. Yeah. How about you, Brett? I think Go mine on. would be You'll like... answer this one as well. Mine would be like carbon tax on corporations or, mm. or just taxing corporations generally. Solid. Yeah, tax the hell out of them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Thanks so much. Let's leave it. I mean, that's that's a great place to leave it. Yeah, it is. Tax the hell out of them. Yeah. <laughs> tax the hell out of corporations. That's a great. Thanks so much for joining us, Dominic. Um, can All people? Right, no is it, would you want to signpost people to anywhere if they wanted to find you, or you don't have to if you um, if you don't want the masses finding you from our podcast. I, I can, Twitter and Facebook are sort of the best places um i can pop you through a couple of links in a minute yeah we'll be sure to link yeah absolutely thanks a lot for joining us brilliant thank all you right. so much Dominic. take care both of you thanks you Jack. Care. thanks brett cheers. All right. cheers bye. bye for now bye, bye.